the HBCU Legacy Bowl has announced their coaches for the event. Texas Southern is on a hot streak as they go up against Alcorn State. And we have today's Feature Friday. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. But I'm really happy to bring you guys this episode on today's Friday. And of course, we got Feature Friday that we're going to wrap up the show with. But today's show is going to start off when we're talking about the coaches that have been announced for the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Because this is the event specifically meant to highlight our coaches, our athletes, and everybody within the HBCU culture. So they have announced four coaches, co-head coaches, all right, on two teams and their specializations. So the Legacy Bowl is set for February 19th. Unfortunately, I had my dates wrong. Like I thought it was the 12th, but it's actually the 19th. And it's meant to showcase the best that HBCUs offer. It's kind of like the East-West Shrine game, the Senior Bowl. You've seen things like that. It's essentially the same thing or a very similar thing, except just for HBCU athletes. That's it. And I loved what Steve White said about it when I had him on the show at the end of the year. If you guys want to check that, it's the December 31st episode, 2021, last show of the year. Perfect way to cap off 2021, right? And I was talking to him about HBCU ex- exclusive events and I, I would say I probably was a little bitter about it because I, I wanted to I wanted to be included and I didn't want it to feel as if nobody else was giving a shot so we had to make our own. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be within that same bunch, so to speak, right? With all the other athletes, the athletes from the LSUs, the Bamas, the Georges. I wanted to be right there, right there, looked at them as equals. However, he gave a, a bright side, and I think I, I don't know if I was just being pessimistic or or bitter. It was one of the two. But he gave a, a more optimistic view of it and essentially saying, now with these exclusive events, and we were talking about the HBCU Combine, but the Legacy Bowl goes in the same. We were talk- He was saying that basically now all the shine is on us. There is nothing to block the shine, and there is no excuse to NFL coaches and personnel for missing the talent, and that's the benefit of it. So I said, you know what, that's, that's a much better way to look at it because I don't want to walk around being bitter or pessimistic. I'd, ra- I'd much rather look at the optimistic view of it all so i'm like okay cool and the beauty of that allows me to speak proudly when announcing the coaches and their specializations you have team gaither named after fam you head coach jake gaither is damon wilson from Bowie state he's representing the offense and buddy Pugh from south carolina state the national champions are is representing the defense then you have team robinson named after gremlin states eddie robinson and that team will be represented by willie simmons of fam you He'll be holding it down for the offense while you have Coach Gabe Giardini, who is coming out of Albany State, and he will be representing the defense. And like I said, they're really co-coaches, but they have their specializations. And within that specialization, it means their staff members from that side of the ball is who will be handling the coaching on that day. So 
four head coaches representing the four major HBCU conferences, the SWAC, the MEAC, the SEAC, and the CIAA. That's who you have right there. And I want to give something funny about Coach G, right? I think it's funny because G is really an offensive guy. So he's coaching the defense, and he's really an offensive guy. So to have him being the defensive co-head coach is kind of interesting because, you know, you really could have had him or family, right, him or Willie Simmons because they both had lockdown defenses. But that defense of Albany was phenomenal, had the number one uh, scoring defense in D2. So he's an offensive guy, but that defense that he provided and that he put on the field, they were locked down. And as a head coach, because he's one of the only ones on this list that we haven't really spoke about, we haven't really spoke on Albany State that much, Um, aside from their defense being top in the country at that, as a team, you've seen them steadily go up and build this program slowly, right? And G has been to the uh, SEAC championship three years in a row. Three years in a row, and each year they face Miles College. And it's like, man, I just keep going against this same team. And they didn't beat them. Not the first two years. They weren't able to win that. However, that third year, which is the year that just passed, now you see them finally get over that hump, and they won their SEAC championship. That success, that lockdown defense, top defense in the country as far as scoring goes, that's what led to him being the SEAC coach of the year, and that's what we have done to get here today. We've seen him accomplish dominance on one side of the ball, achieve success, and finally get over that hump. You know, It's like when Jordan finally got over the bad boys. It's, it's things like this. Like, I keep running up against you guys. You know, It's kind of like what the Bills couldn't do. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's not a shot either. That's not a shot either. That's, that's, that's not a shot because I'm talking about old school Bills. I'm not talking about Josh Allen and them. Okay? I'm not talking about Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Got respect for them. I'm not, I'm not slugging them guys. Okay? Let's just get that, let's get that out of the way, especially with playoffs coming up. Might think I'm, a, I'm on the Mac Jones bandwagon. But here's the thing. With the other three coaches, we spoke about them at length, right? But let's talk about them briefly because you have FAMU, who was the third highest scoring offense in the SWAC. Willie Simmons just brought them to the, to the uh, FCS playoffs. Then you have the second leading rusher in the conference, Bishop Bonnet, who will be a part of this game, who has already spoke about how good it will feel to suit up with Coach Simmons one more time. Then as far as the rest of the guys go, if you want to hear about Damon Wilson, who's done a wonderful job, we can't just specifically isolate on him right now, but we did do that on Tuesday's episode. So if you want a Damon Wilson-specific eight-minute breakdown of what a wonderful job that he has done, then you should go there because he's, he's actually done a, an absolutely meritorious job. And that, that's the word of the day. A meritorious job of building up that program slowly but surely and I think they are going to stay constant for the near future so I, I think he's done a great job and you should really check that out if you didn't weren't able to tap into Tuesday's episode and then also Buddy Pugh legend I mean legendary coach in this game um, just won the national championship right he's the black national champion as far as South Carolina state football goes and I don't even feel like I need to say anything for his defense. Of course, you got Coach Wilson handling the offense. I don't think you need to say anything for his defense because if you're a coach on the same side as Buddy Pugh, understand that you will be doing offense. Um, Pugh's reputation speaks for itself. I'm just going to speak about the individual players who have achieved success underneath him just to drive this home. Joe Thomas Jr. in 2013 won the MEAC. 
Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Javon Hargrave won it in 2014 and 2015. Then Darius Leonard won it in 2016 and 2017. That's five years in a row that a South Carolina State player, a Buddy Pugh coached defensive player, was able to win the MEAC Player of the Year. They took a little, a little break, you know, but then they came back, and now they have the Kobe Durant this year winning that award. So I don't think I need to speak anywhere towards stats or anything like that. That's four players in five years in a row at one point between 2013 and 2017 that Buddy Pugh's players won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, his reputation speaks for itself. In this game, we have four head coaches from four of the most successful HBCU programs that this country has to offer. I am extremely excited to see what they can do because they, I know it's going to be kind of vanilla, but it's still a pre-draft bowl that has generated a lot of excitement. Another thing that's generated a lot of excitement, especially in me, is Texas Southern's hot streak. And they're taking that going up against Alcorn State in a game that should be really good. So I'm excited to see that the same way that you guys should be excited to get to get upside out. Because I understand nobody likes to go to the pumps. I'm going to have to go to the pumps after this, actually. If we're just being honest, I have to go get gas after this. I don't want to do that. But I will, and I'll make it easier on myself by getting the get upside app. You get 25 cents off per gallon when you, go to the, when you go to the pumps if you use the get upside app. And the beautiful part about it is for your first fill-up, if you use the promo code SCORE, you get an additional 25 cents off per gallon. So now instead of 25 cents off, the first time you fill up using this app at select gas stations, you get 50 cents off per gallon. I should really stop there. But I'll tell you again, no more going and paying $4 wherever you are. Some people's gas prices are ridiculous. No more paying $4. Take whatever price they list and drop it down by 25 cents. But if you're going on your first fill-up, drop it down by 50 cents by using the promo code SCORE and get 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up using the GetUpside app. What are you waiting for? BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year. And come on, it's the time for the playoffs now. Basketball season's still going, but it's time for the playoffs now. You got Joey B and Jamar chasing them Bengals going up against the Raiders, kicking off NFL playoff action. You have six games in three days. How can you not be excited? And this is the perfect time to go to Bet Online, the number one spot for all of your best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop, and the mobile website is up too. So if you want to go on your phone or if you want to go on your computer, that's fine. Just make sure you sign up today. And if you want to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can do football because I was just talking about the playoffs. But like I said, basketball season's still going. You can do hockey, boxing, UFC's coming up every week, and they have new MMA events. Go check it all out. Or if you just want to do your favorite Vegas casino games, that's fine too. Just don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. It just started, but the earlier that you start, the more you can do. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. families we keep on rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i want to talk on texas southern's hot streak because they lost their first game of the year to southern but since then they won three in a row they've been on absolute fire and have dominated in some of those games as well because this is a team that 
I know for a fact, and I know from experience, they are always competitive. You can never count out Texas Southern in the SWAC. It doesn't matter if they don't have a guy that you maybe are familiar with because a lot of times they rotate and they get a lot of transfers. But right now I'm looking at the roster and I'm seeing a lot of guys that I saw when I was there and I graduated two years ago. So I'm seeing continuity. So I knew I could expect good things from them, whether that's Jordan Carl Nicholas, whether that is a John Walker III, where is a, a Yahuza Rasas, right? What is a, a Justin Hopkins? I'm seeing all these players who have been there for a while, and now it's like, okay, rather than having that one transfer in who's here for a year and gone or whatever, you have more continuity amongst the team, amongst players that contribute heavily. So that already had me excited for the year. Didn't start exactly how Texas Southern would have wanted it to, However, since then, like I said, they've been on a three-game winning streak. And the reason I say they're on fire is because I look at their last two performances specifically, and I think I'd say their finest moment was probably against Mississippi Valley State, which was their last game. And I think the reason I say that is because you already saw them heating up, and they beat Grambling 67-61. Then they went on to beat UAPB by 90-71. to then they finally beat Mississippi Valley State by 95 to 58. And this is their finest performance thus far. You would hope it's not the peak or the culmination. It's way too early in the season to be talking about that. However, on this uphill climb, on this uphill trajectory, I should say, because I don't want to say climb, it makes it sound difficult. I want to say that on their uphill trajectory, this is the highest that they have been so far. Doesn't mean they don't have more climbing to go. And honestly, I hope none of these teams peak. SEAC, CIAA, NEAC, SWAC, I hope none of these guys are peaking four games into, the, into conference play, honestly. This has nothing to do with alma mater pride or anything like that. I just would hate to see a team peak week or game four of the conference schedule. That, that'd be sad. Um, but let's get specifically into Texas Southern, who – this is the most points that they've scored in a game in the least amount that they've allowed. So when I say they're heating up on both sides of it, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a team that scored 98 or excuse me, 95 points and a, a team that only allowed 58 points. To put in perspective how good their defense was in relation to their offense, in that first half against Mississippi Valley State, Texas Southern scored 54 points. They basically could have taken the half off. Like we're just being, They could have taken that half off scored a couple of budget buckets, and they would have won the game. Two threes, three twos, two twos and a free throw. That's all they needed. They needed five points. That's how good their offense was when comparing it with the defense. It's like, wow. And it wasn't like any individual player just took over. They have five players to go into double digits, and all but one player actually scored. Um, that one player was actually Carl Nicholas, who only played – a minute so it's like okay you didn't get a bucket in a minute okay whatever right but as you see it it's a top to bottom effort a complete top to bottom effort where every person on on this team that actually played real minutes was able to get a bucket and pj henry only scored three points sometimes my carl nicholas scoring no points he's their third ranked scorer pj henry he didn't he didn't score number three points he's their second ranked scorer so as a whole, you see the, the top dogs, the top dogs didn't do too much. 
However, John Walker, who is the top scorer as far as averages goes for, for Texas Southern at the moment, he did his part. He went and got he went and made shots. And I think that not having one guy who just is going to be your scorer, A is the way to go, but it also kind of just showcases how the season has been thus far. Walker, Carl, um, excuse me, Nicholas, and Henry are all within a point as far as averages goes. So you know at any given game, one of those guys can be your leading scorer. It wouldn't be shocking. And in this game specifically, I think it speaks to just how dominant of a game this was. No player took more than nine shots on the game. Yes, that shows that they can swing the ball and nobody's selfish and, and putting up a lot of shots and all those things. Yes, it does. But at the same time, when looking at how this game was kind of trending, uh, this points to the fact that they absolutely dominated this game. They were up 41 points in the first half. Scored 54 in the first half. Remember that. In the first 20 minutes of play, they scored 54 points. And then they, they yeah, you can go to the bench. Have 50 points from the bench. That, that's what you see when you have a dominant performance like this. Everybody get involved because you can rest. People not playing 35 minutes of this game. People not playing 30 minutes of this game because they were so dominant and they had such a lead going into half that you knew at some point you were going to be able to put your bench in and just kind of ride out this game. And that's exactly what they did. Ended up winning by nearly a margin of 40 in their finest performance thus far. Next game won't be that easy. It won't be that easy. You won't see that level of dominance versus Alcorn. Even if they do dominate Alcorn, it's not going to look to the to the tune of 40-point victories. It's just not. Alcorn is a much tougher game. Um, when you look at it, this is the game between the two and the three in the SWAC right now. And Alcorn has some legitimate bucket getters over there, multiple of them. So that offense and the defense of Texas Southern that is on a hot streak, it is slowly cr climbing up because you've seen them drop 90 points in both of their last two games, and then also hold Mississippi Valley State to 58 points, they're going to have to be on top of their game. They're going to have to come really prepared. They're about to get a, a team that you ain't going to just walk past them. You're not. It might require somebody to step up and be that guy. Or you can just have a same performance like this where you have multiple five double-digit double scores, but as a whole, you have to remain consistent if you're going up against a team like Alcorn, who is currently the second-ranked team in the SWAC at undefeated 3-0. So that's just something that you have to watch out for, something you have to look out for. And nothing that you need to look out for is our feature Friday who was closing up the show. Who are we talking about? You got to stay and you got to uh, stay tuned in to figure it out. So I want to tell you guys about Built Bar because this is my New Year's resolution. I don't really do many of them, but if I can get you guys to try some Built Bars and you guys can tag me and tell me what your favorite one is, I would love it. You guys love that raspberry? You guys love that mint brownie? And you know, here's the crazy thing, is when you name these, you would think they're so unhealthy. But they're not. They're still delicious. They sound delicious, and they are. But they're not unhealthy. Four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, but then you get 17 grams of protein. You wouldn't think that something covered with so much delicious chocolate should be this good for you. But it is. It's built Bars. It's the thing that you need if you just want to snack. All right, I just feel like snacking. I'm just going to get built Bars just to snack. Or if I feel like, oh, I need to work out, they work out for that. Because they keep you healthy, So, but they're delicious. So if I snack, I probably want to eat something good. If I'm working out, I probably want to eat something healthing. If I'm me, I just want to eat something that hit me with both. 
And that's exactly what Built Bar does. So go right now to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. Doesn't matter who you are or what your vibe is, I promise you Built Bar can fit something. And whatever your taste buds are, they have something to fit that for you. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. We're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. We're going to be doing our feature Friday. I love doing this every week. I can't wait. Sometimes I see topics during the week, and I'm just like, oh, that's feature Friday. I would love to talk. It's Tuesday. I would love to talk about it. But that's a feature Friday type of event. And that's what my mind goes to. And that's exactly what I saw when I heard that former MEAC commissioner, Dennis Thomas, was being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. I said, you know what? I see it. I would love to talk about it right now, but that is a feature Friday topic, and I knew it. So I have been planning and thinking about this for a while now at this point, right? So let's talk about Dennis Thomas, the meritorious Dennis Thomas. Yes, I really like that word. Just like captious, I'm gonna start. Put, I'm gonna start putting meritorious into my into my lingo. Um, that's who we're highlighting today for Feature Friday because he is a legend in the HBCU world. Period. No questions about it. Commissioner Thomas, right? I'm still, you know, I'm not going to call him commissioner because he's not the commissioner anymore. But former Commissioner Thomas has been inducted into so many Hall of Fames that this feature Friday could probably stop in 30 seconds because you would understand just how much of a legend he is. In 2009, he was inducted into Hampton University's inaugural Athletics Hall of Fame. So the first class they ever had, he was a part of that. Then, in 2010, he was put into the Alcorn State Hall of Fame, where he has coached and was a player. Then, in 2000, well, not then, but bring it back, in 2003, he was inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame. In 2020, he was in the Black College Football Hall of Fame. (gasps) Okay, got my breath back. And now, in 2022, he is going into the College Football Hall of Fame. That's one, two, three, four five Hall of Fames, five different Hall of Fames that he is in. And he has a career that has spanned over nearly 50 years. Could he play for Alcorn in the 70s? And now he's finally retired going into 2022 from being the MEAC commissioner. And I want to talk about just the success he's had at every single level, right? So as a player, he's the only offensive lineman in SWAC history to win Offensive Player of the Year. The only one. As an offensive lineman to win Offensive Player of the Year, that's remarkable. And to do it over Walter Payton. Sweetness. That is remarkable. He has been the coach at his alma, he has been a coach at the alma mater of his, Alcorn State. He's also coached at South Carolina State. Then you look at before he was the commission, he was the director of athletics at Hampton. Took them from being a D2 program to a D1 program in which they were wildly successful in both. They were successful in the CIAA when they were D2, and then they were also successful in the MEAC when it became D1. He's directing that, right? Then you look at all the things that he's done as a commissioner, which I I think will end up being his greatest legacy, and I might be foolish for that, or I might be young for that. But everything that he has done to expand the MEAC, to me, may be his greatest achievement 
He's been there for 20 years. He's pushed the MEAC through basically the entire century, right? Basically the whole 2000s up to this point have been Dennis Thomas. That's basically what you're looking at. And in this time, he became the first FCS program to ever, FCS, not first MEAC, FCS program, or excuse me, conference, to have instant replay during the televised game. In 2011, he did that. In 2010, he got the MEAC their first physical headquarters, their own uh, uh, office complex based in Norfolk. In 2010, he did that. At that point, the MEAC had been going on for 40 years. And this was their first one under the guidance of Thomas. You look at the funding that he's done, he's expanded the amount of partnerships that the conference has drastically, and maybe more important than all of the other ones. All the other partnerships are cool, they're great. But he has a partnership with the NFL to boost non-playing opportunities for MEAC athletes. That fits right into the MEAC motto of educating student athletes for the game of life. Because when you look at it, everybody not gonna make the league. Everybody isn't. They'll tell you that if you go to the biggest school. Think of the biggest school in your head right now. A lot of them aren't going. Now just think about the problems that SWAC and MEAC and CIA, HBCU schools in general, because there's some that aren't even in HBCU conferences. Think about the problems that they have as far as exposure goes and sometimes getting looked and sometimes even just being respected. You see all those issues that they have. Think about the problems they have as far as getting into the league. But you set them up for opportunities that aren't in football, playing football. That's the greatest partnership that he has. When I say I think this might be the greatest legacy of his, that's one of the driving forces, but I don't have to put might with this. That is the greatest partnership that the MEAC has, by far. As far as exposure goes, he got their track and field on television, on ESPN. He has their bowling championship on, on ESPN. You get your bowling championship on ESPN, you have exposed your conference. Mission accomplished, right? And I think maybe the, the best thing that he did, or probably his favorite thing that he's done in the time frame of being commissioner is the Celebration Bowl, something that he pitched in 2005. And as we know, it didn't happen until 2015. But it wasn't that it was in the works for 10 years. It's that they declined him basically for 10 years in a row. He said after five years, they told him, just stop pitching it. Just stop. And ESPN was on board from the jump, basically. Since 2005, they were on board and he went and pitched it to the MEAC chancellors and everybody. So they weren't with it. said, no, we want to play in the FCS playoffs, period. And for 10 years, he stayed consistent and kept saying, no, this is where we need to be. This is where we need to be. This is what we need to be. And finally, 10 years after getting somebody from ESPN to come in and talk to him, this is finally gotten done. So you're looking at something that was pitched in 2005, got done in 2015, and was pitched every year in between. And he said, I've been working on this for a decade. And there was so much pride within that. And I think that's probably the thing he's probably the most prideful about. I will say that and the partnership with the NFL for the off the field stuff. I don't know about that because I don't have a quote. But from what I heard him say about the Celebration Bowl, I know that is one of the things that he's most prideful about. And all of the things that I've just listed, whether that's the exposure, whether that's the funding that you're getting from these partnerships, getting these kids ready in the game of life, or having the Celebration Bowl continue. There's so many things to say that I would do another minute just recapping what I just said. Dennis Thomas is undoubtedly a legend in the game of football. Forget what I said at the beginning. He's an HBCU legend for sure. 
but he's a legend in the game of football. And I think his five Hall of Fame inductions will tell you that. And I thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day every day. Hopefully y'all can say that boy Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, is a podcasting legend by the time this is all done with. But I appreciate you guys to the utmost, man. I really do love it for you guys to really just tune in and listen to me as your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, go check out Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling giving you expert analysis and insight for all of the things to make you a little bit of money, get you a little money in your pocket. I'm doing this for y'all. They're doing this for y'all. So go ahead and check it out. Free game, big game. It's really that simple. Until the next time y'all hear me, y'all know where to catch me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. I'll see you guys on Monday. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.